Hello and welcome to Amplify. This week's episode was recorded last week at Kirkos Ensemble's Unit 44 in Stony Batter, Dublin. I visited the rehearsals of Bale's Slow Recognition, a chamber opera developed between composer David Bremner, director Helene Montague and designer John Comiskey. The opera takes place this week from the 13th to the 16th of July and features Elizabeth Hilliard's soprano, Naomi Louisa O'Connell mezzo-soprano, Rory Musgrave baritone, Andrea Banchu viola, with live electronics from the composer. You'll hear contributions from David Bremner, director Helene Montague and performers Naomi Louisa O'Connell, Rory Musgrave and Elizabeth Hilliard. Hope you enjoy. I'm David Bremner, I'm the composer and musical director of this new opera, Slow Recognition. In terms of the opera, it's, it's supposed to be a kind of hypnotic drone opera using a selected pool of text. The idea is that by radically reducing the amount of text material, we'd increase the perceptibility of the connections between the words that, that the singers, that the characters are singing. So it's almost as if they're living in this fluid environment where the text and the relationships between words come really to the fore. What we're really conscious of is the varying relationships between the words that happen as they're recombined throughout the opera. It's emerged from some of my other pieces. I remember um, I wrote a piece for, for Kirkos, who are now very kindly allowing us to use their space and present it here. I was using the similar kind of, I, the, similar the Ulipo idea of using a small pool of text, a combination of sort of mathematics and uh, inspiration. So the idea of uh, the creativity coming through a sort of uh, kind of quasi-mathematical or, or, or a set kind of structure. The concept that myself and then uh, Helene, when, whilst we were d discussing it, came up with is something that really needs to be kind of workshops with the singers and, and then discussed at length with Helene and also with John Komsky, who's our designer for the opera. So we were lucky to receive funding to, to be able to workshop this, which is really essential as part of the, of the process. I don't think we, would, we wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. This was in July of last year. So we workshopped it and got a quarter of an hour of material. My name is Helen Montague and I'm the director and the dramaturg on the process of uh, making the opera. The idea of, of taking an approach which really limited the amount of text you had, you know, into like literally a lattice of text which we were working with and producing something, producing patterns out of that which where the actors, performers, singers were, the words did not have the meaning that you would expect them to have the meaning and making a different meaning out of them, but also portraying a different meaning which also had the possibility of building a story. We never tried to build a story, but what we did was we tried to tell something about these people, the three characters who were in the opera, and put the situations that they are in to make them very clear so that it didn't matter that they were saying the word outdoors, not meaning outdoors. It mattered how they were saying it and what was the connection between the other performers when they were using these words. Touching, placement, near, and, 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 and
From the very beginning, I think we had talked about it being an almost epic situation in as much that it, when you're dealing with stuff uh, like this where the the mood is so, the words are random and the, the situation, the feel of it is very unspecified, I think it needs to have a very almost epic feel of something huge has happened or is happening or is about to happen so that it it gets the the resonance that it needs the importance that it needs the emotions in it are quite huge but it moves in a i think recognizable series of connections between the three people it's a stylistic experiment as well to see if we can have this unchanging pool of text and then builds this story out of it we're aiming at a minimalist kind of style i guess where the changes are sort of imperceptible and you end up in a place where you've moved from one place to another without realizing how you've got there, you know, in a different place. For me, it's, there is a clear story. Maybe it's quite like an abstract film as well. Like I've been watching a lot of the Berlin School films like uh, by Angela Shanalek and, and so on, where there's, it's, there is a clear story happening, but you're not totally sure what it is. Personally, I love watching that stuff. So that's the experience that we're trying to give people, I think. fortunate that we have three fantastic singers, Naomi, Louisa O'Connell, Rory Musgrave and Elizabeth Hilliard, who have just been absolutely integral to their project. It's incredibly good that we had the same people throughout and that we were able to sort of build relationships between us and, and familiarize ourselves with the material and live with it and just um, think more in depth about how it would play out, not just sort of compositionally or in terms of writing the material, but also how it would work performatively. In the workshops, we had improvisational sessions which were putting the performers into a situation where I would ask them to be in a, a specific situation and how they would feel about that and seeing what happened. And unfortunately, as David was just saying, they are three fantastic performers in their own right, you know, as far as acting as well as singing. So that the response to that was was really brilliant. And we managed to see situations that could exist. I think the, the you know, there's something very nice evolving is when, 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 um, when this starts getting more, it is starting to get very much more secure. Yeah. Um, it's the levels of communication. This is what this seems to be all about. Two mm. seems to be about the levels of communication. I'm kind of lucky enough to have a background in movement and music. And all the work I do tends to cross over those disciplines. We spent a lot of time talking and even prior to the workshops and then between the workshops and after the workshops. So we were, I think, constantly checking in with each other about is this the right thing we're doing or are we happy? You know, there was a lot of monitoring of what we felt had been achieved at the workshop and what, what, what worked. And I think fortunately, when we got to the videoing of the 15 minutes, and we viewed it. I was very happy, and so was David at the time, to find a level of intensity which we hadn't quite expected to come across. I don't even know if we're even 
specific full characters. That's Naomi Louisa O'Connell, mezzo-soprano. It's like everything is done a little bit through a veil, you know, because there's such openness in the text and in the music and no narrative really. So we have to leave enough space for the audience to impose their own narrative on top of it. So generally, I feel like I'm a more young, innocent person in a feeling of being trapped. We met and we had workshops divided by a couple of months each time and a day and then two days together. And that was very interesting because we played a lot of theatre games at the beginning and used the words from the text lattice. When we did the first day was without any music whatsoever. Helen is incredible at anything that is physically bodily opening. So we played a lot with noticing the other person in the room, where they were and how that made you feel and heightening states of tension, power play being passed around. We did have some text that we were working with, but the framework was very open because um, David wants to explore that realm between song and spoken. And you can move very swiftly, you know, you sing and you speak, but to find the space in between and really play on that and lean into it is a challenge. David, you might just describe the space and, and what we're sitting in and talk a little bit about the actual about set itself. It was a fortuitous that we built this whole piece from a, a kind of text letter. So now we're doing something in a space with a checkerboard floor like this. It's, it's, it's really a very, very striking space. John's uh, designs the, the set to, it's a structuralist, but in a kind of warped way. So it's dealing with kind of warped uh, structures and it's an incredibly simple set. I'm I'm looking at it now and it's um you know, like a perspectivo, a perspective. Um, really clear lines. Yeah, it? yeah. And then when we're performing it here, it's going to be in the round, so the audience will be, will be around the side. It should be very, uh, very in- intense experience and kind of immersive. John has designed an extraordinary structure for it, which which actually could be taken anywhere. You could go anywhere where you could put something in the middle of the floor and work around it. So Kirkos itself has provided the inspiration, I think, for this, the shape of the structure and the way that we're going to stage it here. You are very conscious as an audience member of the other audience, but you're also very conscious of the way that you're seeing it, so that you're seeing the moving picture in front of you. You're seeing from a really particular kind of a, a way, a really good particular kind of angle. Um, and also, I think as a director, it's um, challenging, obviously, because you've got to, you can't, you don't have the luxury of, you know, you can stand there because no one is behind you. It's a constant uh, challenge, I suppose, to keep it moving and keep it keep it interesting from all angles, you know. We also have a wonderful viola player who will be playing live in one corner. So I think the audience are in for a feast. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's Andrea. Andrea Banshu, yeah, who we're also very lucky to have performing. So we have four speakers for the electronics. So I'm trying to, likewise, it's a difficult challenge, yeah, to make, make the experience kind of really ideal for every possible position that the audience could, could be in. It's kind of tricky. My name is Roy Musgrave, and I'm a baritone from Connemara. My character is the one who wakes up inside the structure that is within the space. There is this outline of a structure, and he's the person who suddenly 
animates within this space and has to discover it and learn about his new environment all while trying to struggle with the sense of language and the sense of identity. And it's really, really fun, actually, and very, very challenging uh, because you don't have the usual structure that a traditional character with a name and a background would give you. You have to formulate those things, but in a loose enough, soft enough way that you can go in various different directions. It makes it really interesting and really challenging. But I think we found some very unusual elements of human personalities and this person does begin to formulate uh, a more concrete character by the end whereas at the start he's very uh, tabula rasa very blank i'm elizabeth hilliard i am a singer but in this project i'm also producing as part of bail so i see myself as this person that just appears in this landscape at the beginning of the opera and i don't know whether i've been there before Will I come back? And I'm just trying to explore the, the space to find a sense of where I am and where I fit into this world. There's quite a lot of musical material, some of which is open kind of rhythmically to the performer to kind of set and the beginning of a section will be kind of cued by that singer and then they'll move through their text and they'll get to another word and that'll cue another section for the electronics and for the viola. Um, and then also there's very, very scored material where we as three singers need to be 100% in the same kind of bar and those sections are conducted. So with the singers that we have, they're, they're so skilled and so expressive that they can paint an entire kind of world or even a single, a whole story into just a single word. Um, the sound world is actually quite, um, I found this, and this is sort of something that happened in From the Workshops last year, it, it went in this quite sort of intense, in a way kind of almost uh, late 19th century sound world, but with, with the relationships reversed. So because we were wanting uh, a sense of the story being almost in suspense, or happening only very gradually, there's a, a drone to that. So I've, I've taken the sort of pivot chords from, from 19th century tonality, like the diminished seventh augmented chords, ones that only happen fragmentarily in that music, and I've drawn them out so that they almost become the main body of material, and then the, um, the sort of specifics or the, the notes that tell you you're in, you're in a specific key, rather than being reinforced, as they would be in, in the traditional style, just kind of sprinkled on so that you could just have a sense that, oh, it might be in this key or, and then, or it might have moved to this key instead. Sometimes Baroque operas are sort of directed from the keyboard or a continuo player would musically direct from the, from the keyboard. I, I wanted to do something similar with the live electronics. So I've been working with these live electronics so that I can algorithmically generate music that's in, um, so it's kind of random, but it's weighted randomness and it's the type of harmonies that or sounds or timbres that come out are kind of predetermined, but the specifics aren't predetermined, which gives a huge amount of flexibility. So I was kind of, I wanted to do a kind of a color voce type idea. So as in, you know, a keyboard player can, can immediately coordinate with the singer and they can see that the singer's breathing and, and play a chord or whatever at the, exactly the same time. I want to do something similar with the live electronics with these kind of the patches that I've designed where that, that they have that facility, they have that possibility. Yeah. 
to say um, you know taking on a role in a traditional opera mm. where you know there is a storyline there is there's kind of directions for the character so you kind of almost feel you know the character before you you begin rehearsing um, how different is that whole um, approach it's very different because what can happen is the composer and the librettist give you so much fodder and you can really dig deep into the story into the music and find layer upon layer upon layer but that in and of itself can be strangely uh, restricting especially in something that's very popular and very traditional something that gets repeated again and again if you're doing a La Boheme and I was singing Marcello you end up being compared to other people who have sung Marcello a thousand times so the difference here is that while there is less concrete uh, narrative and character uh, prescription actually we then get to create something from scratch something that emerges from within oneself and something that emerges from interacting with the other people in the room so you are forced out of your comfort zone as an opera singer because often we're really just given the given the music, given the text, and we just learn it. Um, in this case, we have to nurture, develop, grow, and explore these characters in a wholly new way that's more akin to performance theater uh, or tr even traditional theater. So it's a really satisfying challenge, I have to say. Really, really fun. What is the quality of that, actually? Um, that sounds like a silly question, but... No, I, I just mean like oh, just the emotional it. quality of it. It, it, it. You want that slightly more lighter sound, or do you want it slightly more sun? Or what, what are you looking for? Um, so I guess each part. It's always nice to work where you kind of feel you're kind of building something together. Um, you know, previously when I've worked with people like Paul Rowe or Andrea Banchi, who was also playing in this in this opera, we'd always have a lot of fun in the room together. And I always feel that fun kind of brings something into the process and brings something into the performance. And I feel we're kind of capturing that in our rehearsals this week as well. You have to impose some sort of a structure on it yourself. But that is the trickiest thing. The fact that we are all of the words are here and you have uh, parts of a sentence, but never making a complete thought. That is really tricky to memorise, especially when it's repeated and the pattern is re repeated in a slightly different way. And the other thing is time, not having quite enough time. Because, you know, projects, it's great that we're doing it, but projects tend to be crunched because of funding and needing to put it on at a certain point in order to draw down funds, stuff like that. I, I feel, I love a rehearsal room. I think longer rehearsal processes are great. I also think there's value to rehearsing without a performance at the end as well, without the pressure of, and now we need to present something. I'm a big fan of works in process. With traditional opera, with traditional repertoire opera, you often have a director and a conductor that have a 
clear idea of what they want to achieve and it is their job to encourage, cajole you into the right place, albeit within a creative artistic environment. Whereas this is much more loose and explorative. Obviously, the director and the composer conductor in this case have clear ideas, but they're not set in stone. They're very open to what they're going to find uh, emerges from each individual performer, but also the dynamic between the performers as well. And suddenly, uh, for example, an accident happened. I meant to, I have a coat that I'm kind of lying on at the very start. And then as I get up onto the table, I just laid it out on the table. And the director loved that image. So when we'd finished rehearsing that scene, she said, that coach should be there from the get-go. And you actually discover it. But that's something that emerged almost by accident. And then she sees it. Yes, that's what we want. That's leading us in an interesting direction. And suddenly it gives you those little emotional beats and those practical beats to start stringing together this chain of events. And that's really fun. That's really, really fun. I think what I'm really, I like as an audience member and as a composer is when there's a sense of fluctuation of, of the sense of time. So rather than having sort of a business-like kind of shopping list of, you know, we have one gesture and then we have another gesture. So you want to have long sections where you, the, the, your sense of time just dissolves and you lose track of time. And then other sections where it's really compacted and just incredibly dense and kind of funneled sense of time that's where things are just too, too, happening too quickly to keep track of. Those kind of fluctuations are, are all interested in me, I think. Very yeah. much. And also, it, it sort of went with the idea, story-wise, that these three uh, people um, had been here before. They, they, when they wake at the beginning, it's like they are in a place where they kind of remember, but they're not sure. And, and the base of time that they may or may not have been here is completely, we don't know. There's elements of their costumes which are of a different time. And when we end, so yes, we have these sections within the sections where there is intensity of, of, of movement and, and drive. And then there's other times where it's just really pulled out and slow. And it's like for the performance, um, the story maybe is over three days, maybe it's over five days, maybe it's over two hours. It's a very fluctuating uh, period of time and then when it ends um well I've, i don't want to, to any any spoilers really <laughs> but the idea is that it could happen again almost spaghettian david uh, helene very best of luck with the opera and thank you very much thanks jonathan thank you, thank you jonathan An extract from Slow Recognition, an opera by composer David Bremner, director Helene Montague and designer John Comiskey. For details of the performances of the opera, please see the show notes for the podcast. That's all for this week and for the current series of Amplify. 
On behalf of the podcast team here at the Contemporary Music Centre, myself, Jonathan Grimes, director and presenter Yvonne Ferguson and producer Keith Fennell, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the episodes over the past year. And a big thanks also to all the contributors involved in the episodes. We'll be back again in September and look forward to bringing you more conversations with composers and artists about new music in Ireland. Until then, bye for now and have a nice summer.